there was a situation, maybe Charles Barkley doesn't have a good relationship with his family and he's going to spend all of his money because he doesn't have anywhere else for it to go. Maybe Anderson Cooper and his mom, you know what I mean? Like we just, we don't know. Hey everyone and welcome to Seated with Strangers. This season we are exploring the topic of unsubscribing from pop culture and social norms. <laughs> My name is Corinda Dion and I'm seated with Keegan and Taylor. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about unsubscribing from passing down wealth to our future generation. Do you guys think that we have become self-centered as we have progressed and we don't see the value in community building? I would say... Keegan, you, you go first. <laughs> I think that we crave community. We absolutely crave community. But because we are such a connected generation, um, like through social media and through um, platforms like Zoom and all of that, we have this like illusion that we have community. Mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes it really is a good thing. It really is deep community. But other times it's it's just an illusion. And so we've become like, I can, I can satisfy this need sort of, but it's not really actually satisfying that need. And so we're also still very lonely, uh, but we don't probably think of it as self-centered. We think that we're just lonely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting because it's, it's amazing how like one word can mean so many different things to so many different people. But like when you get to the root cause of what's happening, yeah, maybe it is you know, being self-centered. I, I do, I do agree with you, Keegan, that, you know, I do believe that in the heart of hearts of people that longing for community and coming together is there, but we just live in such of a self-absorbed, mm -hmm. you know, reality that um, even the best of us can get caught up on this cycle of, it's just not enough. There's, there's more, there's more, there's more. And, you know, so that's unfortunate, but it happens even to the best of us. Yeah, I, I would agree that the concept of community building has shifted and changed. And like you said, Keegan, it's not, you know, it's community on my terms. And we think we're a connected generation just because we have, you know, something like this, which I, I found myself guilty of. Like, I, I made the comment to my husband the other day of like, I feel connected because I get to have conversations with people on the phone or over Zoom and that's filling my tank, you know, but there is power in meeting face to face. So do you think we glorify the whole pull yourself up by the bootstrap and we look down on quote unquote trust fund kids that haven't had to work for it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, think about how we talk about this, right? Like, mm -hmm. We talk about people who have built these empires for themselves. Um, and we say, hey, they did fabulous. Like they worked hard and they persevered and they faced all this adversity. And yet they still did this. And then meanwhile, we take a look and we're like, well, yeah, they're living off of daddy's money. They didn't really make that money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we have this negative talk about them. Right. And so, um, I think we definitely glorify people who are going to work hard based on like the fact that they have to, rather than the fact that they have a trust fund. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Corinda. 
No, I was just going to say too, um, you know, in, in looking at um, trust funds and, you know, it does have this stigma where it's just for the wealthy or the wealthy mm-hmm. family. And that's not necessarily true. Yes, in part, you know, there there are those who are financially, you know, very well off that establish these trust funds. But there are parents, plenty of parents that do establish them for their children for a host of reasons. I mm-hmm. mean, it'd be for college or a family business um, or, you know, if you are protecting your children with special needs. So, you know, I, I think the stigma of it, it gets a bad rap, so to speak, but it's not, I don't think, you know, totally just a, a bad thing or should have that stigma because, you know, people do it for all sorts of reasons. Now, of course, you know, in our society, you know, when we always, you know, we're going to pull that bad quick because that's the news, that's the that's the thing to talk about. But I think it would be a little immature to say that people who do inherit trust funds, that they all just blow their money or they're not responsible or they're not motivated because, you know, of, of the inheritance. Well, I mean, you think about it and like talking about pop culture, like a lot of the time that we have an issue with the quote unquote trust funds are people, you know, who have well-known families or, you know, you think of these people who are, well-known actors and actresses or business owners or whatever and then suddenly you see their kids in the headline about getting in trouble or something like that and to me like it's it's even things like in a rural town I mean I know going to college like I've made the comment before of somebody driving I mean so I'm from a rural country town I mean we have horses and cattle and pickups and trailers and all the things and I remember pulling up to college and I would see a nice car or a nice pickup and trailer and I thought oh I bet dad bought that when in reality 99% of the time it was probably the kids that worked hard to get that you know but the automatic assumption is that with anything nice it's automatically mommy and daddy probably paid for that. You know, yeah. because I think it goes back to the self-absorbed generation where every, they're expecting a handout. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Corinda, you were saying that there are parents that start trust funds for a whole host of reasons. And it's we usually think of it as like this wealthy sort of thing. And I think we have this idea that kind of like Taylor was saying, parents have to have bought something nice. Um, but really, the idea that we can establish and change things for generations to come. You know, I mean, our grandparents had less than we did and they did more than we do. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's possible in this economy to consider the future generation like they were trying to set things up for us? Hmm. Taylor, what do you think? I'll let you go first. (laughs) Well, I mean, I feel like we should consider the future generation because if we don't, then it's just going to end with us. I mean, we've already seen what not investing in the next generation will do. Or, you know, Corinda, you you dealing with with people who, you know, are healing with emotional pain and things like that of like, that's a lot of stuff to deal with. And I feel like it. there's just so much piled on into 
considering the future generation, I think it's more than just financial. I think it's mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, considering the future generation and what that looks like. Uh, I think it's possible. And I think it starts with us who are, who are aware that things are going on, that there is an issue. But I mean, as this, as an overall deal, I just, I don't know. I mean, like, I hate to be negative about it, but you just see so much in the mainstream media, of downfalls about all of that. So it's like, is it possible? Yes. Does it look like it's happening? Not really. But then again, you know, it's just like, you have to remember it starts with us. So that's kind of, kind of my thought process. But then again, you know, grandparents, they valued hard work and they passed that on to the next generation. And I, I was reading a deal by Simon Sinek talking about things like that. And it was just this, oh, we hate hard work and we don't want to have to force our kids to do that, which is the generation, you know, out uh, kind of like between our generation and the next generation of like, oh, let's work hard, but oh, we want to give us all time to ourselves kind of thing. So it's like we've, we've kind of unbalanced the scales of hard work and play kind of thing and just turned it into like, it's all play and no hard work. So that's, that's kind of my thought process about it. But I agree, Taylor. I think that, you know, I really don't have much to add. Like, I, I really agree with everything you said. I mean, it really, truly starts at home. And we've got to be clear on getting, just getting information and understanding. You know, a lot of times we, we're just misinformed or we don't, we, we don't know. But yeah. the thing is, when you do know, when you do find out, when you do get educated and when you do get informed and get information, what are you going to do with it? Right. And so are we going to just let it, you know, die or are we going to continue that? But I think that um, it definitely does start with us. It starts at home. It starts um, with having those conversations at the table and not being so consumed with with everything that we're consumed with, one being our phones and, and social media and so many other things. But yeah, I agree with exactly what you said, Taylor. You know, we're just one generation from, away from implosion. Yeah. Like everything that we do is one generation away. We can't, we, because we are so self-absorbed, we take action quite often as a society without considering what the impacts are for future generations. And we, we don't have to be the ones to live recklessly. We can be the ones that say, Hey, the buck stops here. Yeah. And we can consider future generations. Now, yes, we want to set our kids up. Like for me with two kids, I want to set my kids up where if something were to happen to me, that they're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have that burden on them that they don't have the ability and the bandwidth to grieve properly. Mm -hmm. um, if something were to happen to me, or um, I don't want to set them up where they don't have the proper bandwidth left mm -hmm. to deal with the things they need to deal with. So I do absolutely want to set them up in consideration for the future, but we have to be very conscientious of the fact that if we don't do it right with them, then they're also just you know, one generation away from right. inclusion, whatever that may be, whether it's economic or government or spiritual or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, you think about it too, just an inheritance, like Carita, you were saying earlier, like it's interesting, everybody's definition of something, you know, different words, but everybody thinks that an inheritance is financial, 
well, a lot of it is financial, but it's not always financial in my opinion. Like it can be in more ways than one, but yes, I mean, we want to set our families up, our kids up for success in the future. So. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think one thing that's definitely an inheritance um, that's not financial Keegan and Taylor's wisdom, you know, I, you yeah. know, if, <laughs> if, if they yeah. Sense of wisdom, maybe we will, you know, we would do things differently. We would <laughs> spend differently. We would behave differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it starts, it does start with the family. It starts with what conversations are happening. It, it starts with what's, you know, what's consuming and regarding your influence, because all of those things are, are super important. But Ladies, let's let's get to what's happening in the internet streets. <laughs> this is really interesting. Yeah. Um, Charles Charles Barkley said that he's spending all his money, Taylor and Keegan, before he dies, and he won't leave anything or any for his family. And Anderson Cooper, he actually inherited less than one point five million from the late from his late mom Gloria Vanderbilt's estate which was $200 million because she said she wasn't leaving him an inheritance. So, you know, I just want to put on the table, do we think it's harsh to not want to give your family members an advantage in this world? What do you guys think? First of all, if I inherited $1.5 million, I mean, are you kidding me? I'd be okay with that. Like that is an inheritance. Like, quit being a crybaby and yeah, like, okay. move on with your life, okay? Send yeah. it to, over to us if you were going to be ungrateful for it, okay? Yeah. I can put that to good use. But, <laughs> you know, I think I think the motive behind it is maybe, I don't know if it was like a I gotcha kind of thing. I don't know their hearts, right? But for me, I want to leave my kids enough of an inheritance that they're not going to have to worry about having to fire sell our house when we pass away. They're they're going to be able to actually grieve and not worry about paying the bills or things like that. Um, I want to leave them set enough to be able to be okay. Mm-hmm. But I do believe in the value of hard work. And I do believe that they do need to know what it means to work hard and to go like to, to have dreams and to have aspirations and to work for that. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, to say that, Hey, I'm not giving my kids anything. That's selfish. Yeah. And that's like, do you not love your kids? But at the same time, I think their heart may be in the right place to say, I hope this is where they're coming from to say, you know, I, I really just want them to know how to work hard and not be lazy. Like we were talking about this idea of balance earlier with Taylor. Well, I was going to say, like, I mean, there's two thought processes that I have going on. First of all, we don't know the circumstance behind these decisions. We don't know if there was a situation, maybe Charles Barkley doesn't have a good relationship with his family and he's going to spend all of his money because he doesn't have anywhere else for it to go. Maybe... Anderson Cooper and his mom, you know what I mean? Like we just, we don't know the situation. We don't know what's going on for them to make this decision. So to like make a, a, just a flat out judgment call on like, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. My immediate response is like out of 200 million, you're dead. 
like you're not gonna use that you know what i mean like that that sounds harsh but you're not gonna be using that money you can't take that money with you wherever you are in ending up going i mean you can't take that with you and it's just one of those things like i mean surely there would be a little bit second the bible talks about in proverbs chapter 13 verse 22 that the a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and it's yeah. like okay if we are believers, if you are a believer, it is scriptural to leave an inheritance for your kid. It is not specific on what that inheritance is. You know, and Keegan and Gruna, like like what we've talked about before in balance of there is such a thing. It starts with us. It starts with the conversation around the dinner table of, okay, here's the value of hard work. I mean, yeah, we've got this. I mean, I know my, my parents have stuff set up for my sister and I when they pass away. Do we not know how to work? Absolutely not. I mean, for crying out loud, I own my own business and my sister works two and a half jobs. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, we know the value of hard work and what that looks like. But because our parents want us, like you said, Keegan, want us to just be able to not have to deal with all the stuff after they pass away because it's hard to lose your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, But to have that. So, I mean... It's harsh, yeah, but again, sometimes we only see one side of the situation. We don't know necessarily why they're not giving their family member an advantage. Maybe they truly are somebody that's going to waste one point five million. You know, we just we just we don't know. So sure. those are my thoughts, <laughs> Corinda. Yeah. You're up. What do you think? Oh gosh, I'm all over the place. I'm telling I you. I mean, I do feel that it is harsh. I do feel that it's harsh, you know, because for me, especially looking at it, looking at it from a spiritual perspective, to me, that is a respectable honor to receive an inheritance. It's not, I don't see it as, um, you know, Anderson Cooper, he stated that um, he saw it as a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he literally said that, um, I'm going to get his quote. He basically said, I think it's a curse from the time I was growing up. If I felt like there was some pot of gold waiting for me, I don't know if I would have been so motivated. And it's like, I get it, but I don't agree with that. I I feel that um, an inheritance is not a curse. You know, I think that if you, again, use wisdom and there's conversation and education regarding this topic in preparation for the parent and the child or children, yeah. then it's it's definitely it's definitely not a curse. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I totally one hundred percent agree with that. You know, like he he said he wouldn't have been so motivated. You know, I know that my parents have left me something. It may not be a lot, but man, like we have our own dreams and aspirations. Right. And so like, we're going to want to go with that. We don't want to just sit around and be lazy. Sometimes if that's all we're relying on, our life's going to seem a little bit empty. Mm -hmm. So if, if something is not left for us, do we, or even if it is, if grandma leaves her house to us, for example, are we going to sell it or are we going to keep it? Like, do we not understand the value of ownership? Does that not matter to us? Oh, Keegan, you start on this one. (laughs) I think it goes back to a lot of what we were talking about. Like, you know, we, we want to leave our kids an inheritance and maybe that's not going to be financial, but it's going to be an investment like real estate, or maybe it's going to be, um, you know, land. Uh, my husband's granddad owns 
so much land and they're going to be set up for after he's gone, they're going to be set up for a long time mm -hmm. for generations. And that is good news. But I'll tell you, my husband does not think that is his entitlement, but he understands the value of keeping it, the value of um, it being passed down to him. And a lot of mm -hmm. people, I don't know that it's so much we don't understand the value of ownership, but that we can't afford it. Like we can't afford to pay those bills. That's you know true. Because you're going to have to carry insurance. You're going to have to pay the house payment. If you don't want the pipes to freeze, you're going to have to pay for some electricity, right? Yeah. And I mean, what what are we using it for too is what we have to consider. Like, is it just going to sit there? Yeah. Or is it going to be useful yeah. for us? Yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, it goes back I to agree. There's, the there's, conversations. Sorry, sorry. I'm just like, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll just, no, I'll just, just going to say really quick, I agree. Go. I'll let you go, Corinne, after I just say this. Like, <laughs> it goes back to like what we've said. Uh, it starts with us, and it depends on the conversation we're having at the dinner table because grandma might want us to sell her house. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, while we mm -hmm. might have a tie to that, she might be like, no, get rid of it, you know, and then it, it just kind of goes back to having that conversation and setting that standard. And what does that look like? But Corinda, I want to hear what you're thinking, because I know you've got I can see your wheel spinning. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, I agree. I was going to say it, I, I do think there sometimes, as as both of you have said, there are circumstances that, you know, we may have to sell. I mean, if the person or family member does not live in that particular state or nearby to yeah. with the upkeep or, you know, so there are times, there are circumstances, situations where you may have to, and it does not necessarily mean that you don't understand the value of ownership, but you've got to make the best choice. Um, we had a family situation not long ago where someone passed away and they left their car as an inheritance for a family member. And one of the other family members was upset because, um, you know, the person who inherited the car wanted to sell it because they needed money for certain things to help pay for some bills. You know, they have, you know, a new baby. And so times were tight and they wanted to, you know, take that inheritance of receiving the car and selling it. And so the other member just was not happy about that. They felt like that's dishonoring, you know, um, that person who has passed and, you know, they want you to have the car, not sell the car. That's not what that's for. So, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing at times, but I feel like, you know, you do have to give people freedom too. you know, if they, if this person has left this inheritance for them, if it's money, if it's a house, if it's a vehicle, I think some of the strife and some of the things that come up in family dynamics is now people also want to control how you you handle and and you know use the inheritance. So you also have to allow the freedom for the person who they desire to receive it mm -hmm. to 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 do you know what they would like. I, I mean, I'm not saying do something ridiculous, but in reason. Right. But if that makes sense. Yeah, we're, we're talking a lot about family here, but what about our communities? Like, do we have a responsibility to teach our community? I mean, obviously, our community starts at home. If we're not doing the right conversations at home, we don't have the credibility to speak into our community. Right. Yeah. And so. Yeah. So what's our responsibility there? 
I mean, I feel like it depends on where you live, Hmm. you know, and what your community is like anyway, because rurally speaking, I mean, like I said, I'm in a country area, land, cattle, horses, you know, that is an inheritance. Like that's what's being left. Same with you, Keegan. And so it's like, I mean, most people understand the value of that. And like here, sometimes after family members pass away, grandparents, parents, you'll see kids moving back to take over a farm or ranch here. Um, And then sometimes it's just like, maybe the kids don't like the area that they grew up in, so they're going to sell it. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. I think we do have that responsibility to teach our community. And yes, it does start at home. And you've got to have those conversations. You know, how are you defining inheritance? What are the morals and the values that are established within your walls? And what are your children and future grandchildren? You know, how is that going to affect them? And so we absolutely have the responsibility to teach our community to get information to them. If it's webinars or workshops or if it's handouts or if it's having someone to discuss what future financial planning and Mm -hmm. trust funds and all of those things about so that we can make mature decisions. Yeah. And you, you hit right there on an important part of like, we've got to teach the next generation financial independence. We've got to teach them financial independence because now it's like, if like they're spending money that they don't have and Mm -hmm. they don't realize that debt, not all debt, I mean, mortgage, mortgage lending or having, owning a house, that's one kind of debt. That's like, you know, that's okay. It's it's something, but just a debt all across the board of like, Oh, well I can just swipe it on my credit card. And then they're left with bukus of money and poor credit. Yeah. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's probably a whole other conversation that we could go into on something like that. But that is, I mean, yes, financial independence is yeah. Teaching that from a, from that perspective. Yes. I, I agree with that. So, well guys, this was a great conversation and Thank you guys so much for listening and joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the podcast, do so by sharing it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or review. Seated with Strangers is a full experience podcast, so be sure to check out the show notes for more ways to engage with us, and we will see you next time.